Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill Irresponsible is the nothing personal word of the day for September 30th. We are in the last day of the month of September, about to start the fourth quarter of the year 2022. Unbelievable. When the fourth quarter comes of a year, you know that you sort of don't have a lot of time to fix what ails you to do your New Year's resolutions. It's go time. Today's Friday, so we had a Thursday night football game. Irresponsible, I'm not describing how tired you are as you head to work right now for staying up so late watching football or watching baseball or reading or watching whatever you were watching. Irresponsible, I'm not discussing the fact that you have not taken care of during the course of this week that which you should have, saying, I'll hold off and take care of it this weekend. We all have that list, don't we? Yeah, I'll get to it this weekend. I'm too tired. The week's too difficult. Nah, not that kind of irresponsible. Not looking both ways before you cross. Nope, that's irresponsible. That's not what I'm talking about. Not communicating with your child, significant other, or parent when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing or just doing something you shouldn't be doing. No, not even that kind of irresponsible. The type of irresponsible I'm talking about is the National Football League, Roger Goodell, Steve Ross, and the Miami Dolphins organization. How many millions of dollars do you need to lose in a concussion-related lawsuit? How big does the settlement have to be? How many programs do you have to start and speeches do you have to give about how much you care about player safety? How many times do you have to lie to us and tell us that the player, that's what we want to care about. The health of the player. Last week, which is not even last week, today is Friday. There was a Dolphins game yesterday. Tua played last Sunday. Wobbling around, it's all over the internet. Saying, oh, it was a back problem, not a head problem. Go listen to yesterday's show that we did at the end. And we explained, no, that was not a back problem. That was a head problem. Yet, we said he'd play and wait to see he played. And everything's going great until, wait a minute, it's football. It's violent. And he got snapped like a twig on a sack his head hit the ground, and all of a sudden the cameras were looking at Tua, who wasn't moving, and his hands were locked up in neurological shock. Crooked. 
people were looking away. They were so scared. Run on the field, medical personnel run on the field. He's down for minutes, not seconds, 10, 12 minutes, taken off on a stretcher. And all of a sudden, I could see what was happening. NFL PR people, Dolphins PR people, the commissioner, even Steve Ross, suspended Steve Ross, everyone is getting together because they need a story. The story can't be, yeah, we had some questions about whether Tua would play, but just keep in mind, it was his back. This was a one-off event. We are very worried. Keep the message. Keep on message. We are very concerned about Tua, and we wish him a speedy recovery. All management did after last night was CYA. That's it. Meanwhile, you had the players union who immediately said player health and safety is at the core of the union's mission. I wouldn't say it's at the core of the union's mission, but I would say it's a part of the union's mission. When they're doing labor agreements, protecting the rights of our players is the core of the union's mission. So it depends what they're discussing. It always does. Be careful when you use core. People do that in conversations. Just a little side note here. The core of my beliefs is that there should not be price gouging. The core of my beliefs is that a woman should have a right to choose. Don't overuse core because your core is not that big, not that strong. I mean, some people's core is really strong. So when you say in a statement that something's at the core of your mission, just be aware that you could subject yourself to a little old takes exposed. Our concern they continued tonight is for Tua and we hope for a full and speedy recovery. Avs, anybody hopes for a full and speedy recovery. Our investigation into the potential protocol violation is ongoing. Ongoing. Interesting choice of words. Does that mean the Players Union was investigating whether or not there was a protocol violation after last week? Or is it ongoing because they started at the minute he went down on the field this week and it hasn't been completed, therefore it's ongoing? Is it possible the union was okay letting the player play when there was an ongoing investigation from a previous game? Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say what they meant by ongoing is they started it at 10 o'clock at night and therefore it's ongoing because now it's 11 o'clock at night. So the Dolphins lose the game, the Bengals cover, and then Steve Ross can't talk to the media, lucky him, suspended. Now it's down to Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel has to get spoken to immediately after the game. They got to get some messages in him. And it seems like they forgot to do it. If you are messaging your coach, giving him some PR stuff that both can protect you legally, that both starts to set a record, you sit down with him post game before he meets the media. You say, all right, Mikey, are you focused? I know you're pissed. You're not, you lost the game. I need you to focus. I need you to make it very clear when you're asked a question and it's coming first, Mike, the first question's about Tua. I need you to answer and make sure in your answer the following things are said. One, Tua was cleared to play by both Dolphins team physicians and NFL independent physicians. Two, there is no way that the NFL or the Dolphins would ever let a player play who had in any way had a head injury that was not just cleared, but that on game day was absolutely cleared. He was ready to go. Three, the hit that he took, we're not aware yet what happened because it looks scary, 
but we're not aware of what happened with his fingers, whether that was related to a back injury, whether that was related to the hit he took on the head tonight. What happened to him is not related to what happened to him last week. Then we hope he has a full and speedy recovery. Then player health and safety is at the core of our team's mission. You got to get those words out. But Mike McDaniel takes the stand, gets in front of the Mikey, and says the following. I could tell it wasn't the same guy that I was used to seeing upon going onto the field and looking at Tua. It was a scary moment. He was evaluated for a concussion. He's in the concussion protocol, but he's being discharged. Another little thing that we tell our, our, our guys when they're going to talk publicly Try to use a different conjunction. Try to use and instead of but. Because when you say he's in the concussion protocol, but he's being discharged, meaning that he is part of that protocol. We're not exactly sure that he's through the protocol, but regardless of the protocol, he's being discharged. We use an and. He's in the concussion protocol and he's being discharged, which infers to people who are listening or implies if they see it in writing that... He made it through the concussion protocol and all is good. So he says he's in the concussion protocol, but he's being discharged. It's an emotional moment. It's not a part of the deal you sign up for. I don't really understand that. When you sign up to be a head coach of an NFL football team, uh, you've got to be aware that you've got to protect your players. And even when you protect them, injuries, scary injuries, scary, scary injuries happen. This is football where the league would like to pass as many rules as possible to make a touch football, but as you know, they do that with a wink-wink because the fans like the hits. And then he continues. His teammates and myself were very concerned, but he got checked out, and it's nothing more serious than a concussion. No, Mike, no, please. I'm begging you, whatever you do when you meet the media, do not downplay the seriousness of a concussion. When you go up there, I want you to say that we are taking this extremely seriously. This is our franchise quarterback, and even if he were the 55th member of our team, when there are any injuries implicating the head that could in any way impact the future life of this player, we take it very seriously. But whatever you do, Mike, don't say it's nothing more serious than a concussion. Holy shnikes, folks. I don't blame Mike McDaniel. He's a head coach. It's not his job. He's got to be coached. Everybody needs coach. Players need coaches. Coaches need coaching. People need coaching on PR. So what about the NFL's culpability here? You're going to hear a lot today. All over the airwaves. Every highly ranked podcast is going to say the same thing. The NFL has got to get its act together. They've got to care more about their players. They've got to take into consideration these lawsuits that have been filed. They've got to be more responsible. You're going to hear it all. The NFL right now is in duck and cover mode. CYA is another way to say that. And the reason they're in that mode is that all these concussion protocols that they've put into place, and Jonathan Jones, the insider for CBS, if you want to look at it, look him up on Twitter, he gave you a list of the protocols of things that are done in order to clear a player. That was come, that those came after a lot of back and forth, not just with the union, but with lawyers as part of the settlement, what we're going to do to protect players going forward with concussions. 
I cannot tell you how big a deal the concussion situation is in the NFL. And the reason is not the future health of the players. The reason is making sure that youth contact padded football does not go away. Every time a parent watches neurological shock or a concussion, if that parent says to that child, we're taking the pads off and we're giving you a baseball glove or we're giving you cleats and a soccer ball, that is a nightmare for the National Football League. Again, the purpose of marketing in the NFL is they are trying to keep fans growing up through the pipeline and they start young. Baseball's doing it too. Why did I tell you baseball has this youth initiative? Because they need young people to like baseball and play baseball because the best ones have a chance to be major leaguers, so you're filling your pipeline. And the other 99.9% are fans of the game because they've been playing it since they were young. If the NFL stops having kids play it when they're young, it's going to impact the quality of players in the league and the fan affinity in the league to which the NFL has always responded, that's not true, Dave, because everyone gambles on our league, everyone plays fantasy football, so therefore it doesn't matter if nobody plays youth football. They'll still be players, the top players will go, we just won't have as many youth leagues, and there'll be young players who may choose other sports, but they'll be noticed by someone along the way and say, hey, put some pads on, you can make some money. That's a little dirty secret that leagues do where they're just aware that the best players will eventually come, will eventually come to their league because someone out there will recognize their talent and say, hey, we're good, you're good, get ready to play. The NFL has a problem. Their level of irresponsibility as it relates to Tua now will lead them to be overly cautious with Tua regardless of what the Dolphins want to do. To think that two is going to play next week, I'm not even going to mention it. There is no chance, and I will say it now. Bring it on, OTE. Bring it on. That's old takes exposed. Tua will not play next week. Here's another one. He won't play the week after. If you don't sit Tua for about a month right now and clear the cobwebs, then you are risking serious litigation. I believe that they have painted the legal canvas properly relating to the back injury, relating to the fact that he was cleared. I believe that there is not a chance to argue persuasively causation between last week's injury and this week's injury. I can tell you they have to be related, but legally I'm talking from a liability standpoint, money, I don't believe that there is that ability. However, If you play Tua again after what happened this week, then the liability opens and grows like a fungus. Therefore, you're going to be seeing Bridgewater, not Tua. I don't know when their bye week is, Coca, but I'm saying a month. And it's still irresponsible. Nothing personal word of the day. By the way, on a sort of side note, which shouldn't be a side note because I should have led, led with it, right? I hope for a full and speedy recovery for Tua. You know what I don't hope for? I hope for no long-term contract for Carlos Correa and his agent, Scott Boras. That's what I hope for. I don't often root against players. I'm rooting so hard against Correa right now that I can't describe it. Carlos Correa is the free agent from last season who Scotty Boras promised a long-term deal, couldn't get it. 
So he ended up going one year with Minnesota. Got a huge sum of money for one year. Everyone was all excited in Minnesota. This is great. During the season, Correa said, I like it here. I have found 9,872 lakes, and I still have 128 to go. I've got years left here. I'm excited. It's interesting. What a team we have. We're going for it. Meanwhile, they've stunk. They're not missing the playoffs. Carlos Correa gets interviewed yesterday, and he had a quote. It must have come from Scott Boris. Now, it was an interview, but Scott Boris must have had like an implant in his ear. So on August 23rd, this was his quote. I'm with the Twins right now, and the goal is to build something special with the organization and hopefully be here long-term with the Twins. Right now, I see myself playing with the Twins for a long time. I don't know how many more times I have to tell you, as my loyal Nothing Personal audience, every player says when they're an impending free agent, I love it here, I want to stay here. Everybody says it because they want to get the offer that they can then have one in the bag that they can then go shop to get more to leave. Everybody says the same thing. So I'm not criticizing Correa for his thoughts on August 23rd. But here we are, September 29th. Well, today's the 30th, but he said it's the 29th. Ready? Here we go. You know how Scott Boris, when he meets the media, if you go search like Scott Boris quotes on the Intergoogle, it's, it's, right under, it's right in the dictionary under asinine, mixed metaphors, superlatives that are not earned but spewed. He'll draw examples. Go back like when he talks about his free agent class or talks about a play. I can't even think of them because I put them out of my mind because they're so ridiculous and so demeaning and so lacking in any intellectual capital. Anyway. Carlos Correa says the following. When I go to the mall and I go to the Dior store, when I want something, I get it. I ask how much it costs and I buy it. If you really want something, you just go get it. I'm the product here. If they want my product, they've just got to come get it. That's Carlos Correa, ladies and gentlemen, the leader of your Minnesota Twins heading into 2023. And you wonder, oh, come on, Coca. Ready? Four, six, nine. There it is, folks. That is the leader of the Minnesota Twins heading into 2022. Signed to a one-year deal brought to you on a silver platter by the great Scotty Boras, making your team a competitor that who you that's who you bet on folks the guy who feels this this is the real feeling that comes from boris to his clients you better know what i'm worth and you better pay what i'm worth because if you want to deal in the discount section then you're in the wrong store of course in his quote he mentions dior if you really want something you just go get it how many of you if you really want something can just go get it do you think that that's what the twins can do Carlos, we really want you. We're just going to go get it. That's code for you better overpay for it. Are you okay overpaying for things? Do you think baseball teams are, over, are okay overpaying for players? Some of them do it, but do you think they're okay with it? Do you think Carlos Correa has done anything this year that puts him in a position to say what he just said? What exactly have you done with your team 
that would indicate that they should just go get you. Here's what I would respond were I to be the president of the Minnesota Twins, and you're damn right I would respond. I would call the media, and I would say, I've got a few thoughts about Mr. Correa. We're pleased to have had him this year. I do not see a scenario under which he returns to the team. Given his representative and given his desire for a long-term contract, I assume, along with the comments he's made today, that he already has several offers of multiple years, and that's not something that would interest us as an organization because we believe it's far more important to win as a team than to have a player who believes that he is not paid commensurate to his ability or to his representation. Carlos, thank you for the memories. See you later. By the way, I'm not playing him the rest of the year. I'm sitting him. Done. I don't even want him on my workman's comp at the end of this year in case he gets hurt. The twins are out of it. There is not one reason in the world that he should be a twin this week or next week or next year. I'm going to give you a wait to see today where I tell you something's going to happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Carlos Correa will not be a Minnesota twin in 2023. I have too much respect for the people who run that organization, and they have too much respect for themselves. They will not. They will not re-sign Carlos Correa. $35 million right down the drain. Okay. Carlos Correa. All right, let's take a break. I've watched a show uh, that I'm going to encourage and hope that you all watch. We're going to review wedding season when I come back, and then we're going to talk about what's going on in Philadelphia because I, I don't know that I've seen a choke like what the Phillies are doing since the Mets choked the division in, in either, what was it, 07, Coca, what was it, 07, 08, 06, 07, 08, when the Marlins seemed to eliminate them at the end of every season. It was one of those three years or multiple years. Uh, so my guess is 06 for sure. But in any case, what the, what the Phillies are doing is staggering, and we're going to talk about why. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's Friday, the final day of September, which means tomorrow's the first day of October. When you say October, let's play word association game. Ready? October. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? How many, what percentage of you when I say this, maybe we'll do a poll on Twitter. When you say October, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? For me, the first thing that comes to my mind is Major League Baseball playoffs. For you, you may say it's Halloween, or you may say it's your birthday, if it's your birthday. But in reality, for me, October, playoffs. Get ready. Wedding Season is a show on a channel that I can't tell you because I didn't write it down. Starring two people who I can't tell you because I didn't write it down because it doesn't matter. It's people I've not seen before. And that used to mean something to me. There's been a big change in streaming. It used to be that I needed celebrities to open a movie, right? You had Tom Cruise or you had, you know, Julia Roberts or George Clooney. And they opened a movie and that's what drew people to the movie. There are certain celebrities whose movies I will see no matter what. But now with streaming and with all the content out there, I'm more interested in good content I don't need to have heard of the people. So I'm on Netflix and I see this thing called wedding season. I'm in, right? The reason I'm in is wedding season, October. That's a great time of year to get married. You can go to places, you can have destination weddings, you can do all sorts of different stuff. So this is a show about an entire season of weddings where two people go to weddings together, except they're not together. I've seen movies like that. One of them is getting married. The show starts with her at her own wedding and the guy interrupting the wedding, which doesn't happen in real life. Is there for any reason, these two people shall not be married. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I've been to a lot of weddings. I've been to a lot of first weddings, been to some second weddings, been to some third weddings, never seen that before. I've always pictured like someone coming in, riding in on a little white pony and saying, I'm gonna sweep you away if we ever find the lady. Oh, hello lady. So he comes in and he says, I object. And that's it. The show starts. It turns out that the bride and this guy had been having a fling at each of the weddings. And then before you know it, we got a murder plot. Half the wedding guests croak. And of course the suspect is the guy who wanted to interrupt the wedding. The characters who play the detectives are two of the great supporting characters in the show I've seen. The star, female and male, are superb. This is right below Emmy consideration. That's how good the 10 episodes or eight episodes are. Wedding season is like sort of four weddings and a murder, four weddings and a funeral, but it's not a funeral, it's a murder. There's a there's chases, but not like car chases, but there are people who are trying, oh, it's on Hulu, not Netflix. There are people who are trying to, uh, to catch 
catch the bad guys and they're on the run. And the bad guys, are they bad? Are they not bad? Is there something more going on here? Is there a criminal element to this? Is there a mafia element to this? There's so many different things and each episode is so spectacular. Yes, there is a movie called Wedding Season on Netflix, Coco, which I haven't reviewed yet, but I have watched. Wedding Season on Netflix, as a matter of fact, is really good, and it's on my list. For people on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, this is the list. I've shown you this before. If you look now, you can see the list of all the movies I've seen, and if there's a star next to it, that means that I've reviewed it. But if there's no star next to it, it means that I've watched it, and it's in the, it's in the queue in case I'm looking for a movie to review. And the way I find it, like I'm going to show you wedding season right here. If you can see wedding season right there, take a look, unstarred. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Hulu show. I could review both right now, Coco, but we got to get to Philadelphia. I'm going to save it. The wedding season on Netflix is really good too. But wedding season on Hulu is the show. Go check it out right now. My daughter told me to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I've never seen one episode of it. I put on the first 12 minutes of the first episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yesterday as I was recovering from a complete anal violation at the hands of a gastroenterologist. Don't worry, folks. Nothing personal is not going anywhere. I'm A-OK feeling a little skinny, though. So I put on the episode. Maybe I'm still a little on the medicine, on the anesthesia. But the first 12 minutes of the first episode, I think the name of it was The Gang's All Racist. And it didn't seem, it didn't, it didn't seem to age well, the first episode. Maybe I got to give more episodes a chance because there are people, like my daughter would say, it's one of the funniest shows ever. But maybe that's when she watched it and hasn't watched it since. Who knows? So there's, there's my second poll. Not just what does October mean? What are you associated with? Should I watch It's Always Sunny? Coca, make sure you weigh in on that because you're my sensei when it comes to this. What is going on in Philadelphia? It was only three weeks ago that I thought that Rob Thompson would have to get special consideration for manager of the year. It was always my hope that after Girardi got fired, thank the heavenly God that the Philadelphia Phillies would turn around. They'd become one of the best teams, maybe even win the East, but the Mets were running away with it at that time. Ironically, the Braves were playing great. The Phillies were having a great run and not making up ground on either the Braves or the Mets, but they had pulled away. The Phillies at one time were like tied with the Marlins. They pulled away, secured themselves, maybe a long playoff run. Harper was coming back from injury. JT still the best catcher in the game. Real Muto, former Marlin. Their pitching was fine, but all of a sudden there was just something. It was like the, hey, Girardi's not here anymore thing. I get it. Well, that seems to have worn off. I have a way to see that the Philadelphia Phillies are not going to make the playoffs. I put that in quite a while ago. I really didn't think they would. They're in a position to make it now, and the reason they're in a position is that the Milwaukee Brewers are choking away a playoff spot. The Philadelphia Phillies are begging the Brewers to make the playoffs. They're literally begging. But the Brewers lose every time the Phillies lose. If you're the Phillies, you got to start saying, wow, I think it's meant to be that we're going to be the wild card. That they're going to have to play the division winner. Who are they playing? Who are they? They'd have to play the uh, division winner in the National League, not the Mets and not the Dodgers, which means the NL Central, the Cardinals. Oh, God. 
that'll be a, that'll be a wild card series loss for the Phillies if they have to play the Cardinals. But what exactly is going on in Philadelphia? So I've come to a conclusion, having watched this team for so many years. They have been, they've got, if Seattle makes the playoffs, I believe the Phillies will be amongst the longest drought in the game uh, if the Phillies don't make it. I believe the Phillies hold the longest drought in the National League, which was held by the Marlins, but that short season 60-game sprint enabled the Marlins to cut that streak. So I think the Phillies have the streak. The Phillies have lost five in a row. They're 3-10 and 10 in their last 13, and they can't score. They literally cannot score. So when you're evaluating your team, John Middleton is the owner of the Philadelphia Phillies, and he's the one who, before two seasons ago, said, we are ready to spend stupid money. Remember that? Boy, did we have fun and nothing personal with that. Boy, did we have fun. Thank God the Players Union said, we've got another stupid spending owner. Hip, hip, hooray. All right, Scott, get all your players to him. You can do it. You can do it. Then... He brought in Dave Dombrowski. Do you know who Dave Dombrowski is? He's got a ring. He's got several rings. There are people who say Dave Dombrowski could end up in Canton one day. And my view is this. Dave Dombrowski is very good at spending OPM. Very good. He likes it. If it's someone else's money, he's going to spend it. We inherited Preston Wilson contract and a Charles Johnson contract when we took over for Dave Dombrowski and had to, they were, I'm very happy for Preston and Charles, two of the nicest, greatest people in the game, but those contracts were not marked to market as far as we were concerned. Dombrowski's the one who signed that Cabrera extension that was outrageous, that has hamstrung the Tigers. Love you, Miguel, but you know too that you had to sign that deal. Listen, the only one I sign like that is Stan. No other contract is franchise crippling that I've done. They, some of them sucked, but I'm talking about when you add up crippling and suck, that's a problem. Giancarlo Stanton didn't suck. So Dombrowski takes over the Phillies and they start signing guys. They bring in the home run leader now, Schwarber. They're excited. There's no more shift. He's going to all of a sudden be a 300 hitter with 40 home runs next year. They've got Bryce Harper signed long-term. They have JT signed long-term. And then they signed another guy. The guy who Jeter left the Marlins because the Marlins wouldn't sign, yeah, whatever, another bunch of horse hockey. But apparently, Jeter really wanted Castellanos. Phillies got him, that's exciting. A lot of money spent. John Middleton is an owner who is, of all of the owners, if I were to rank them one to 30, he is in the top quartile of desperate. That is a committee you don't wanna be on. The desperate committee are the owners who have not won a World Series, who feel as though after 11 years of not making the playoffs, that they've got to do something to show their fan base that they are caring and they want to get fans back in the stands. They've got the money to do it. He is newly taking control of that team in the last 10 years, I'd say, and has not sniffed any success. And he's got money and he's okay with his team losing money, which he shouldn't be because he has access to capital, which he does. That is a player's union's best owner. But a desperate owner, as we describe them in front offices, is an owner that's going to make it harder for us to win. It's an owner that's going to make it harder for other teams in the NL East. It's going to make it harder for other teams in baseball to win because not all teams have permission or the ability to be stupid. And what Middleton has done is given his 
GM Dave Dombrowski permission to be stupid, permission to overpay, all in the name of winning. But what happens when you overpay and don't win? The Phillies are not in a position where they're going to start a rebuild again. They can't. They are doubling down on this group of players. They're doubling down on the position they're in. What do they do? Well, you get rid of Joe Girardi, even though in the beginning of the season, John Middleton said, hey, we've got the number one GM, the number one manager, the number one players. We, this is our time. Well, it wasn't their time, so they get rid of Girardi. Now what? Rob Thompson is finished. They've got to figure out a way right now right now to bring in a different manager and they've got to figure out a way to quiet Dave Dombrowski. And I'm not suggesting they fired Dave Dombrowski. I would not ever suggest that. But the ability to write blank checks to bring in free agents, that's not how you win. Take a look at these Philly team. There's something wrong with the way it's constituted and everyone in the industry knows it, but nobody who wears a Phillies uniform or a tie knows it. So all that's happened with all this losing is Rob Thompson has made it so his interim tag is going to be lifted and it's going to be turned into former interim manager. There will be a new manager. I'm going to, you know, let's double up the wait to see, by the way. If the Phillies miss the playoffs, Rob Thompson will not be retained by the Phillies. I could even go deeper. If the Phillies lose in the first round to the Cardinals, Rob Thompson will not be retained. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. I felt badly winning the pick of the day because I felt like I won it for the wrong reason. I just, I actually thought that Tua would be outplayed by the Bengals because I think the Bengals are a better team. And I thought that the line was not commensurate with what it should be because everyone's so excited that the Dolphins were 3-0 and and maybe the first undefeated Dolphins team since 72. Well, the Bengals were favored by four and they won by what, 11, 12, 26, 15, 27, 15. We're 112 and 85. We got a big weekend ahead. This is the last weekend of the season. Do you remember when the season first started in baseball and we're, t- we're previewing and we're talking about it and you've got 162 games in front of you and the announcement was made when the lockout ended? We did it on one of the shows. My guess is it was, it was a show in March which is whatever, three, nine, six months ago, half a year ago. That's a lot of shows ago, Coca. And you talk about there's going to be a series added on at the end of the season. So the season is going to end on a random Wednesday is going to be closing day, right? October 5th, just random. And it seems so far away. It's here. There are 26 weekends of a major league season. And it, they just like that. Zap. So what series are we watching? Yeah, I'm watching Mets and Braves. Yes, I am. That's pretty exciting stuff. I'm watching the NL wild card to see whether or not the Phillies absolutely cave and the Brewers can actually win a game. But that's really it. Not watching anything else. But there's some Cy Young races. I think Sandy Alcantara has got the Cy Young, but it could be Zach Gallen. That's interesting. We can watch them the last week. The MVP race. We got to talk about that, don't we? Are you going to let me talk about the MVP race one more time? Come on, Joe Jackson. One more time. All right, let me give you my picks first, and then I'm doing it. One, Blue Jays over Red Sox Friday night. If you're sleeping on Alex Manoa, wake up. Wake up. He's one of the top 10 pitchers in baseball. Alex Manoa and the Jays over the Red Sox tonight. Tomorrow's the one game we're going to watch of the series between the Braves and the Mets because you got Scherzer and Wright. Kyle Wright's won 20 games. He's the winningest pitcher. Oh, wins don't matter. 
I like that. Do you know how many executives in the front office when they're getting together and evaluating pitchers say, oh, wins don't matter? It's the opposite. We actually sit down and say, wins are the only thing that matters. Hey, we only won 84 games and didn't make the playoffs, but let me tell you something. We had some great war, and our defensive metrics were A number one first class. And God, did I really love our on-base percentage? Way to go, guys. And slugging? Hell yeah. You showed discipline. We had more walks than we had strikeouts. Hey, what are you doing in October? Hey, I'm going to my ranch. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to the playoffs. Mmm. Maybe wins do matter. It's all about wins. For all of you Ivies out there, it's all about wins. Kyle Wright's got 20 of them. Max Scherzer, ace Max Scherzer. How's he feeling? Is he going to give us length, breath, depth on all of his pitches? Sorry, Coca. Scherzer over Wright. It's a big series, but who do you want pitching for you in a big game? Do you want Max Scherzer? I'd want Max Scherzer over just about any other pitcher in baseball, maybe, maybe even Jake DeGrom. Can you imagine having two pitchers on your team who if you gave every team a chance to have one pitcher to pitch a big game, who would they choose? And you've got two of the top three or top four? Boy, you'd think you're going to win 100 games. <gasps> and the Mets are. Sunday, we have an interesting football game. Coca tried to explain to me before the show, and I couldn't quite get it. Why... Are the Chiefs and Bucks even? Can someone explain that to me? When Patrick Mahomes is so much better than Tom Brady, when the Chiefs are so much better than the Buccaneers, when the Chiefs are coming off a loss, so is Tampa, I guess. But it doesn't matter. That's a, it's, it must be too good to be true. So proceed with caution, but Chiefs over the Bucks on Sunday. Okay. So we said what's going on in Philadelphia. We talked about what's going on in Miami. Let's end the week by talking about what's going on in Anaheim. Because there's two pretty cool things going on. The first thing that's going on in Anaheim is that they've got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Shohei Otani, I am going to die on the hill that he should be the MVP this year. Aaron Judge has had a historic season, I grant you. Could still win the Triple Crown, I grant you. Shohei Otani currently has a 14-game hitting streak. He is going to qualify for the ERA title and probably finish fourth. His ERA is 2.35. He struck out over 200 guys. Oh, by the way, he has 34 home runs and 94 RBI, which is a better offensive year than Bryce Harper had as the NL MVP last year, by the way. Oh, and last night, he did nothing but take a no-hitter into the eighth. Yeah, anybody can take a no-hitter into the eighth. Plenty of people take a no-hitter into the eighth. Did you hear what I just said about Otani? I'm going to say it louder just in case the mic's not working. His ERA is 2.35. He struck out 213 guys. And by the way, he's hit 34 home runs and driven in 94 runs. Got that? That's two players. He's worthy of Cy Young consideration and could get some Cy Young votes. He's worthy of Offensive Player of the Year consideration. If that were something, he would get votes there. MVP should be the best player. If you're one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters, does that not make you by definition one of the best players? Why does nobody agree with me? I'm getting laughed at. It's the worst take ever. Oh, what do you know? You didn't know how to run a team. I'm getting a lot of that. Oh, your team sucked. You have one World Series ring. 
You don't know anything about anything. Okay. I'll tell you what I do know. If Aaron Judge wins the MVP unanimously and not one person gives a number one vote, if not one voter gives a number one vote, I will do a show. I was going to say I'd do a show naked, but that's silly. That's not a good thing. <laughs> Coca, what should I do? I'll do an entire show. How about this? About extolling the virtues of Aaron Judge and how I am not just the worst analyst in baseball, but the worst executive of all time and no talent, no skill, no able to do anything. How about that? It's not going to be unanimous. Give me a break. Okay. Yes. You got it, Coca. Thank you. I love Coke in my ear on a Friday. You're so on it. All right. So cut that. Cut. Just cut the last 35 seconds. And then we'll start with this. Wiping with this. Okay. Ready? 4-12-69. If Aaron Judge wins the MVP in a unanimous fashion and Shohei Otani does not get one first place vote, I'm going to give you both here and on Lebitard the ultimate top five list. I will say five nice things about Scott Boras. I will reach deep down into the ugly part of my duodenum. And I will pull out five nice things about Scott. If Shohei Otani does not get one first place vote. I like my chances. So Anaheim is in a situation where they've got a player who is very, very close to free agency, figure out what they got to do with him, figure out why they've got two of the top five players and they can't win. The Angels are having a terrible season again, missing the playoffs again. You remember what happened with Artie Moreno that he's selling the team. You remember that Artie Moreno got in trouble when he was trying to buy land where Angel Stadium is and do a huge development and that there were some shenanigans with the mayor. Do you remember that? Remember the deal fell apart? Artie Moreno goes out to buyers and he says, listen, one of the reasons why you should give me two and a half billion dollars for my team is look what you can do once I'm out of the picture. We did this with Jeter. Look at how good the Marlins are gonna be once I'm gone. Look at how great attendance will be once I'm gone. I was the problem. You're gonna be great. So overpay for the franchise because you're gonna get it paid back quickly. Great return on investment. When you go to buyers in Anaheim, you say, listen, buy this team because you've got development opportunities. We've got it already. We've got designs. We've got plans. There was a hiccup with the mayor, granted. There was some fraud for sure. There was an issue with Artie and campaign contributions, no doubt. But Artie's going to be G-O-N-E, and you're going to ride in on a white pony with Andre the Giant, and you are going to develop, and you're going to make a lot of money because that's not subject to revenue sharing. You're on it. Do it. That plan was going great until yesterday when the Anaheim Mighty Ducks owner announced that he is doing the same development deal that was supposed to be on Angel Stadium property. He's doing it around the Honda Center where the Anaheim Ducks play. Convention center and, and a, some sort of uh, uh, a theater and retail and hotel and office and yada, blada, yada. He totally took the deal away from the Anaheim Angels. This guy did with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. From the city of Anaheim standpoint, 
They're thrilled because they're getting the development. They don't really care whether it's going to be where Angel Stadium is or where the Mighty Ducks are. They just want the development because they want Anaheim to be a major league city. They want the ability to have all sorts of bells and whistles that make you want to go to Anaheim. Guess who got screwed in that deal? Artie. (laughs) He's got to be despondent. Because Anaheim is not going to fund. Now, you'll read that the Anaheim Mighty Ducks owner, and every time I say Anaheim Mighty Ducks owner, Coca says to himself, he doesn't know the name of the Mighty Ducks owner, does he? Because if he did, he'd say the name. I can picture the picture, but I do not remember the name. That's okay, though. You, The fans know it. The listeners know it when I do that. They, they know my tricks. Matthew? The Anaheim Mighty Ducks, by doing their development, oh, Samueli, yes, Hen- Henry Samueli, thank you. I didn't know, I didn't, by the way, that was not me remembering, that was Coca telling me. He owns the Mighty Ducks. He doesn't care whether or not the Angels' sale price just got depressed at all. But Anaheim can't do these two types of development, even if they are being privately funded because they're not being totally privately funded. There's infrastructure, there's tax breaks, there's all sorts of things that are happening. And only one of these projects is happening within Anaheim. And now it's the Ducks doing it, not the Angels. And it was one of the things that Artie was going to other owners, potential owners and saying, look, opportunity, opportunity, pay more, pay more, pay more. Do you know what Henry did after he cut the deal and announced it yesterday? He sent a quick test message, very quick, just quick. Dear Artie, it's just business. It's nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.